Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, my dear friends and distinguished listeners of Navigate with IDNang. Such an honor and privilege to be here to share with you and also to learn from you. I thank God for the gift of life and equally thank God for your life too. It takes a lot to be able to come through day by day, night upon night, and without necessarily you know, looking at the environment and getting cowed by the things that happen around us. The ability to forge on is because we have that hope. That hope must be kept alive, friends. And this is one thing we will do with each other and for ourselves to continually strive, even in the midst of adversity or tough times. But remember, tough times don't last. Tough people do, like Robert Schuller said. Friends, if you've been an avid listener, you know that in the last episode, we talked about a very salient topic called meetings. We talked about the whys and the hows. And it was very interesting because I got some excellent feedback from varied listeners who felt, you know, it was something relegated to the very um, corners, but very essential to our daily lives, especially as workers, employees, employers, even, you know, just going about our smooth duties we are engaged in a lot of day-to-day conversations, minute-to-minute conversations, hour-to-hour conversations, and these form the parts called meetings. But today, I'm going to shift from the meetings straight into minutes. Now, the M&M philosophy is very simple. You hold meetings or you host meetings, but then how do you reflect on the outcomes and the outputs of the meeting? That's why minutes are very important. But before I go straight into the subject of minutes, let me, for the sake of, you know, just doing a slight and a little recap on meetings so that we can create a link straight from the top. We said that meetings present a curious paradox. Meetings are meant to be shared moments when information is discussed when ideas are debated, and when great plans are formed. The truth is, managing a group dynamic is harder than it seems because you're going to have all manner of idiosyncrasies come into play. Like most aspects of office life, meetings benefit from a bit of pre-planning and a healthy dose of common sense. And what I said to us then was, you need a heavy dose of common sense when you get into meetings. And there are certain things you need to do, especially if you are chairing the meeting. So you are either the chairman, chairperson, or you are an attendee. There are clear responsibilities for either parties. If you are chairing a meeting, you must start the meeting by spelling out quickly what grounds you want to cover, what results you hope for, and how long you want the meeting to last. Very important. You must also run the meeting in a way that allows everyone to say a bit and no one, importantly, that includes you, to say too much. Don't allow people overrun others. 
I know it's easy to prescribe, but very hard to do. One final thought on cheering. Turn your mobile phone off. Turn your phones off when you start. And as you do so, politely ask everyone else to do the same. That is, I'm speaking to you as a chairman. Now, if you think that it is so easy, well, you need to get on the wheel and steer the car from the back seat. So you can see that it, everything is utterly dependent on the chair to keep things moving. You won't always be lucky because there are people that naturally will come in and try to give you what we call hell on high water. At the same time, the same principle applies for an attendee as it does for the chair. You will get more out of the meeting if you plan in advance. What outcome do you want as an attendee? And how can you get it? Once you are clear about what you want, it often helps to talk to someone else before the meeting and see if you can get them on your side. It is much better to win the argument before it has begun. When you are in the meeting, remember that a meeting is a kind of interview in disguise. You are being judged by the way you perform. So, distinguished listeners, ladies and gentlemen, all of this was just to set the tone, looking at meetings as the anchor, the why and the how. But there is an output from every meeting that you have. Very many of us do not understand that minutes or meeting notes make a huge difference. Now, I'm going to ask a crazy question, and it's a question that I've taken from Rujamabiti. And, um, when you think about rule breakers and how to win at work by doing things differently, you must ask some very daring questions. When you consider the word minutes, should there be a death certificate or a birth certificate? I know this is going to be very strange, but I want you to understand that when you are in an official setting, minutes are very critical. You have to do what you have to do to ensure you capture the mood and the direction of the meeting. So whoever is taking the minutes, whoever is the secretary, whoever is noting all the causes and effects will come back and put all of that together in what you may consider our daily balance called minutes. But the question from me is, should the minutes be a death certificate or a birth certificate? You will understand in a short while. If only in life, as opposed to people looking at music and lyrics, like there's a popular song that by Elvis Costello that talks about the job of the secretary as one who takes seconds over minutes. But in life, as opposed to lyrics, people don't take seconds over minutes. They take weeks. I can tell you they can take months. When you talk about taking and writing of minutes, it has become an arcane ritual characterized by a bizarre combination of excessive detail and excessive delay. By the time the minutes have been laboriously drafted, redrafted, approved and circulated everyone has long since forgotten the meeting they purported to have attended or even recorded have you found that happening with you so you find that minutes taken 
can be very interesting at the point where everybody's energy and adrenaline is on the high. But the minute that is done, it needs to go through a process. The first process is it is sent out as a draft. You will see a note to everyone saying draft minutes of the past meeting, comments, and all of that requested from all attendees. Even if you're going to host a meeting, whatever shape and form, the minutes need to be redrafted. By the time you're having the next meeting, they will be approved or even approved in transit and then circulated to all and sundry. De depending on the management routine adopted, that is, if it's a weekly meeting, if it's a monthly meeting, it's a quarterly meeting, half yearly or once a year, then the ritual kicks in. And that's why I'm asking, can minutes be a death certificate or a birth certificate? You will have the answer shortly based on your own experience. But there's something that I've found in the course of my life, I mean, as a worker, as one who has held so many meetings, seen so many minutes, and what comes out of minutes. When you consider what happens in most large corporations, I'm talking about the big companies. Whenever there's an important meeting, somebody is asked to take minutes. First, that act of delegating the minutes, most times they give it to the most junior person in the room. That is, if you are in the corporate setting or in the big setting, it is the youngest in terms, now I'm not talking about age now, we're talking now in terms of responsibility. They'll give it to this young person to say, hey, you take the minutes. And the storyline they will give you is that they are grooming you. You're, that's part of your development. Well, that's true in part. And on the other part is because you are the smallest in the room. Think about the family. All of the last bonds, or the, you know what I mean by last bond, quote unquote. If you are the last in the family, one of the great benefits you'll enjoy is that everybody's going to send you on an errand. You will become an errand boy or errand girl, especially if it's a bill. Go here, go there. But it doesn't necessarily fit that you must be the last born. I recall vividly when my son was about four years of age. That was the first time we had a direct altercation. I said, this is my boy, Nawa. He, when he gets back and um, from school and you sit down and say, Akanimo, get me this. There was this day I came back from work and I said, um, he should help me put my shoes into the room. I'd taken off my shoes in the living room, asked him to drop it in the room. When he got back, I asked him to get me eggs. When he came back, after a while, I said, Akanimo, get me why. He just got to a point, after I sent him the third time and the fourth time I called him, he just said to me, Akanimo, Akanimo, do you want to kill Akanimo? And I looked at him, I said, are you talking to me? That was my four-year-old son. He was four then. And there and then, I saw the boldness in him saying, uh-uh, you won't kill me. That is exactly how a lot of junior people feel. Every time they are the ones that will take minutes, one boss will correct, another one will redraft, another one. By the time he goes through the circus, you now realize that even the person that was taking the minutes that was supposed to be learning from it would have been drained. So is it a death certificate or a birth certificate? So many instances will come when we look at it that way. So like I said, 
minute taken is delegated to the most junior person in the room. That is, if you are having functional meetings or departmental meetings, but as you go up the ladder to very senior levels like board meetings, it is not about whether you are junior or senior. There is a statutory person delegated with the responsibility to take minutes, and that person is the company secretary. And there is a secretariat that handles it at a very board, senior board level. When I'm talking about at a very senior level, and there's also at the board level. So if you're having very senior executive meetings, of course, the junior persons will not be around. One of the seniors in the room would be asked to take the minutes. And most times, it's always done, you know, um, in a manner in which the person taking it will actionably be able to follow through and make sure he or she holds everybody to account. However, it seems odd when it is the most junior person to take or as it may seem, given the job of summarizing the key decisions to the least senior rather than the most senior. That's the first oddity you find. So when you have a departmental meeting, you'll find, say, marketing department or sales department or procurement, and it is handed over to the most junior person or to one of the juniors. Imagine giving the key decisions, somebody to summarize key decisions to one who is the least senior rather than the most senior. Worse than that, in many cases, in some organizations, a secretary is brought in to do the minute taking, thereby putting the responsibility for recording decisions in the hands of someone not even involved in taking those decisions. There are some companies where you find either the secretary or the personal assistant of the boss, could be the MD, could be the director, could be anybody, could be the chairman, coming in to take on the responsibility of taking the minutes, which invariably means summarizing the key decisions that were taken in that particular meeting. Now, let me tell you something, that one of our most fashionable left-leaning think tanks would always do that precisely. Very many people just want a different person to come do it. Now, there is a danger to this. There's also an upside. If you are looking at the minute taker as a person or within the ranks of the title, you could be easily dismayed. But when you look at the individual as someone who's going through some developmental process, and needs to understand the operational dynamics of the business, then it makes a lot of sense. So, for example, there are moments when in my career I had my personal assistant sitting to take the notes and the meeting minutes. The reason was because I was going to transit her out of the role to go into marketing or to join the main business. And for her to join the main business, she has to sit in a place where she can understand the collision that happens between the various functions and particularly the role that she would be playing ultimately. One of my very last peers turned out to be a fantastic brand manager. And today, she's either a marketing manager or almost becoming a chief marketing officer. But once upon a time, she was my personal assistant. As a matter of fact, when she joined me for the first time, then she was a copper, 
um, at Cadbury. She joined me at Cadbury, Nigeria then. She had come in as a copper and something happened. My PA had to resign. And then I needed a personal assistant. I just went to the commercial floor and I told her from today, you automatically made the personal assistant to the commercial director. Come and then we'll see what happens from there. Well, life moves on and continues. The beauty of it is she continued in that role even after I'd left the company. But when I moved to L'Oreal, I then asked her to join me. And in no time, she moved into a marketing space. What I'm saying, it is not odd and bad that someone who is not part of the responsibility taking notes is not a bad thing. But it also depends on what the purpose is and the objective. Now, having taken the minutes, minutes are drafted. They are slowly and thoroughly done to record everything that was discussed. Minutes are then circulated to make sure that everyone agrees with what they say happened in the meeting or what they feel was the outcome. The result is that it takes an age to produce the wretched minutes. Sorry, I used the word wretched. It takes an age. You ask yourself, why does it happen that way? And by the time they come out, everyone has forgotten whether they are right or wrong. And so it is always important that you put out a rule that minutes must be circulated at the maximum 48 hours when it's almost fresh. If you can hit the 24-hour button, then make sure it happens. So any meeting you attend and the minutes are not circulated in 24 hours, the chances are that you are really signing a death certificate on most of the decisions taken. Because not everybody will remember. If it is hot, fresh, and served, you will be amazed at how people will quickly respond to say this and that. Why? Because we all have different levels of retention. Now, that speaks to the fact that when a meeting is too long and people are dragging and dragging on a subject without end, the person taking the minutes will not even know how to craft the points of view and the ultimate decision. And so you may even forget what was said. That is why a lot of actions die, because the minute was crafted out of severe pain and the rigor of too much of talk. A meeting that is lasting longer than three, four, five, six hours. Come on, what do you think will happen to the minutes? The minutes will be dead on arrival because people will be drained physically drained, mentally drained, and even their thoughts will not carry the same essence. Now, these same minutes that are gone through this meal are approved at the next formal meeting. So, yes, the meeting minutes would have taken a long time. When you find people going, assuming you have your departmental meeting every Monday, the minutes are not circulated until that Monday morning, very early. Whoever the minute taker was will come very early and share the minutes. Assuming the meeting was to start or is to start at 9 a.m., at 8, 8.30, you'll find the minutes being circulated in some cases. In some other cases, you'll find it come over the weekend. Nobody would have bothered reading because they would not touch their meals. Some would touch, but they may not go through with the necessary rigor. And because the chairman or there isn't an institutionalized process or protocol 
the minutes were not even approved by the boss, but just presented at the next formal meeting. Now, this is, I'm just talking about operational meetings. For a board meeting, it typically will last a month after. It's not immediate. I don't know for the most of the boards that I have, um, that I sit on and I've also been on, I'm not sure we get the board minutes um, less than one month. I can't think of one. Typically, it takes about a month. Of course, by then, most of the agreed actions should already have been taken. So a record of what we are going to do only gets agreed after we are supposed to have done it, though we probably haven't, since the minutes weren't available to prompt us to action. It's almost like a restaurant which serves you a meal and then shows you the menu just as you are leaving. That's exactly what happens with our minutes. We'll go there, do all the work, and people start working on it before the real outcome or the minutes are shared. And then you ask yourself, what was the purpose? So why don't we have the right protocols? Friends, in short, minutes become an overly detailed and largely meaningless piece of office bureaucracy with little or no relevance to the court and trust of what is going on in the business. You can take this to the bank. Many times, we just do this minutes thing to fulfill our righteousness. It doesn't really get to the crux of the matter. Don't get me wrong, I'm not generalizing. There are still people that hold very conscientious protocols that ensure that all the minutes, the notes taken, first and foremost must be out in 24 hours. They have a set time and the actions are taken and the follow-up is done. But who does the follow-up? Of course, it is the chair. Of course, it is the delegatee. Because every single minute has an action point. And by the way, when we now come and talk about how minutes are taken, there are some people that record every single thing that was said at the meeting. Reminds me of the day I, days I used to attend a village meeting. Those days, I'll take my father to a village meeting. Have you ever attended a village meeting? Do they still really have those village meetings? I'm sure they do. We used to have them way back. And I'll take my father to those village meetings. And when they have the general secretary to stand up to read the minutes of the last meeting, by the way, these meetings are held every month. So, and always on Sundays, maybe at three o'clock. I remember vividly when I used to take my father to such meetings. I was the driver, of course. And my father was using that as a vehicle to indoctrinate me or more or less induct me into having a sense of village affairs. I'm sure most of you understand what I'm trying to say. But those of you that you know, come from other parts of the country, outside of Lagos, you would have a sense of what I'm saying. The big difference is that when the general secretary stands up to read the minutes, oh my world. It feels like we're going on a journey. He will speak to every single comment made. And by the time he finishes, you will then realize that time would have gone, maybe about 30 or 40 minutes to read. I'm talking about village meetings. When you go for 
village meetings and the minutes I read, you will be shocked. It takes about 30 minutes. Now, sometimes play that into a setting of a business meeting, departmental meeting. They are actionable points. They don't go through writing or regurgitating the thesis of the day, blow by blow account. Some people just go straight to the action. This is the item. This is the discussion point. This is a decision. And this is a person to action when and what and the status. So it goes in that format. But big question, are there some details that are missing? So can we really talk about formats of taking minutes? What will be the right format? What will be the most appropriate format? Friends, that depends to a large extent on what you desire. Depends on the structure of your business. Minutes become overly detailed and largely meaningless because it becomes a piece of furniture with little or no relevance to the court and trust of what is going on in business simply because of how they were written, when they were disseminated, and at the end of the day, the actions that are not taken. When we come back on the second half, we'll continue on this beautiful subject about minutes and asking ourselves, should they be a death certificate or a birth certificate? Don't go away, friends. We just need to pay some bills and we'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, dear friends, to Navigate with IDNA. such an honor and privilege to be here sharing some thoughts around um, the subject of minutes. And as you know, this is your business school on radio, where we take on some practical aspects within the business world and the things we do that will have impact on our productivity or behaviors and being able to look at it dispassionately and tell ourselves some home truth. Friends, we've been looking at the subject of minutes, and the big question I asked was, should there be a death certificate or a birth certificate? And the reason why that was asked is because when you look at the way minutes are taken and written and disseminated, it goes through a certain form of ritual that is characterized by a bizarre combination of excessive detail, excessive delay, and by the time the minutes have been laboriously drafted, redrafted, approved, circulated. Everyone has long since forgotten the meeting they purported, attended, or even recorded in their memory. And one of the things that makes that happen, in part, is the content. Well, we went through the process of saying in large corporations, the minutes are really taken or delegated to the most junior person in most instances, the most junior person in the room, or as it may sound, it is to give the crucial job of summarizing the key decisions to the least senior rather than the most senior. It sounds a bit odd, but it is what it is. Worse than that, in many cases, you have in some cases where a secretary is brought in to do the minute taking. It could be a, a secretary, it could be the personal assistant to the boss, the MD, the chairman, or whoever is chairing that meeting, thereby putting the responsibility for recording decisions in the hands of someone not even involved in taking those decisions. Now, before you dismiss that practice as something which only happens in our stuffier, more traditional organizations, that is one-man business or two-man business or whatever, 
let me tell you that one of our most fashionable left-leaning think tanks would always do exactly the same. I also shared a personal experience with you and I said, listen, that someone is taking the minutes as personal assistant does not mean that that person may not be on a developmental assignment. I have done it before where I've had my personal assistants coming into the business, but sitting in to understand the minutes at that level simply because she was on a developmental plan that would enable her go into the commercial function. So it's all about objectivity. We talked about the minutes being drafted and when drafted slowly and thoroughly, you know, disseminated. Now it is read at the next formal meeting and typically, you know, you just find it would always be very close to call. I rarely would see moments where minutes are circulated in 48 hours, except the chairperson or chairman or the house as a protocol. And the demand is made on whoever the minute taker is that in 48 hours maximum, these minutes must be circulated. 24 hours ideal. And if you are able to throw it out immediately after the meeting, fantastic. Everybody's clear. At that stage, work is allowed to continue in an unabated process. Friends, I did give an example that when minutes are postponed and not delivered right on time, it's almost like going to a restaurant and you are served with a meal and then you are shown the menu just as you are leaving. Now, how does that relate to our taking of minutes? You go for a meeting and by the time the minutes of the meeting are released, people would have started walking or gone far away from whatever was discussed. In some cases, would have started acting on it. So sharing the minutes will be what? Will be medicine after death? Or would it still be relevant to the course of the meeting? And when you come together, what are you going to be deliberating over? In short, that was how I closed the last segment. Minutes become an overly detailed and largely meaningless piece of office bureaucracy with little or no relevance to the cut and thrust of what is going on in the business. They have a life or death of their own, like I just showed you. They become an end in themselves, not a means to the end of translating decisions into action. There's another way, and there needs to be, because minutes done properly are valuable tools to make things happen. And this is where I am going to lay on the emphasis. We've come through what we are traditionally used to or what we see, but let us switch gears into what we can turn this valuable tool to making business and making things happen. When you want to make sense of minutes, it's important to distinguish between a record of discussions and a record of decisions. Very key. There are two Ds. You can choose to make a record of discussions and you can choose to make a record of decisions. That has to be clearly distinctive. Usually, minutes record what was said, not what was decided. But these days, you find people actually tilting more to what was decided. The result is that they have great length but little relevance. So if you look at the minutes of your office meetings, business meetings, 
if the minutes record what was said, not what was decided, the result you find is that they will have great length but little relevance. Now, I want you to try standing that on its head and do the precise opposite. Simply list what was agreed and ignore all the debate before the decision was taken. Suddenly, you have a document which is five lines, not five pages, which can be produced in half an hour, not half a month. And most remarkable of all is genuinely useful. It tells people quickly and simply what they have to do. So I'm challenging you from this moment. When you are part of any meeting, starting from the village meeting, that is if you still attend, that I doubt if you can influence it if you are not the chairman. I know in the village meeting, the chairman will most likely be a very, one of the oldest in the place, the patron. Could be, but if they are like-minded to agree that a young person should chair, you can never dismiss the voices of the old men in the room because they will always take you back to how they wrote minutes in the 50s. And they will take you there and tell you the construct of how it should go. And by the time the general secretary is reading it, it could take you 30 minutes or 30 days to just go through their pages and pages. But I'm talking within the context of a commercial venture or a business venture. What you just need to do is very simple. Let us think about listing what was decided. Simply list what was agreed and ignore all the debate between parties before the decision was taken. What you will find is that you will then have a document that is just five lines long with actionable points and when, not five pages of content. And that can be produced in half an hour, not half a month. And most remarkably, like I said, it becomes extremely useful for everybody. It tells everybody quickly and simply what they have to do based on their agreed actions and direction. Now, how is it possible that you can make this miracle happen? It's simple. It just requires us to follow through a simple common sense approach. The first one, and I love what Roger said, give the minute-taking job to the chairman of the meeting. I know this is going after the grind or going against the grind. If the minute-taking job is given to the chairman of the meeting, if he or she is running the conduct of the meeting, he should run the output. The person running the meeting takes the minutes. You will be shocked that he or she cannot go on the verbose-like dimension, but will always write down what they know was the outcome on an item or the decision taken on an item. Number two, establish a culture where everybody accepts that minutes will only record decisions and never record discussions. It is not what people are used to, but when they have lived it once, they'll never go back. I know that a lot of corporations today are leaning more to the decision type minutes 
as against a discussion type minutes. But really and truly, even those that have gone into the process of decision type minutes taking, what happens to follow through? Do they follow through? Or they wait till the next meeting to review it? I think something dramatic should be done immediately. The reason being that the minutes are taken, if there are weekly meetings that are done, so for example, you meet every Monday, from the moment you kick off on that Monday, there should be a daily output or a flag. What I typically used to do in some cases is to use what I call the traffic light approach. And the traffic light approach makes it very easy. There's a red, there's an amber, and there's a green. So if there's a subject that we've agreed an action should be taken, by the time we get to the middle of the week, there will be an inscription, just the color code only, and it's sent to everyone. On this item, re-engineering the marketing process by ID. Okay? Is it a red? Is it an amber? Red means nothing has been done. No action. Amber means work in progress. Green means done. So by the time you look at the entire items, maybe there were 10 items, maybe there were 15 items that were listed as per decisions taken to be done. When you get to the midweek, that is, if you're having weekly meetings, you get to the middle of the week and you get it in the form of a rag. Rag here meaning R-A-G red, amber, green, the traffic light approach. This was one style and dimension that I used a lot. And I still do sometimes when I have the, the audience in a way that would understand what I'm saying. But typically during my work days, I would always use the RAG process, red, amber, green. By the middle of the week, you are able to tell. So on 10 items, if they are all red, it means nobody has done anything. It's called follow through. Now, if your meeting is done every fortnight, that is every two weeks, it means that at the halfway mark, I must get a RAG status. That's what I call it. I call it a RAG status. That is, by the time we meet on the 1st and the next meeting will be on the 15th, by the 8th of that month, we should have a RAG status on every decision and item for follow-through. That's when we talk about the real follow-through. So if you look at the 15 items or 10 items or 9 items and you discover that there are more reds than amber or there are a lot of greens and no red, then you know that by the time we are meeting on the 15th, a lot of things would have been done and we are actually moving and making progress. This is what tells whether minutes are a death certificate or a birth certificate. Because when items are not buried, when items are not sorted, it means you cannot continue with fresh ones or you continue with fresh ones, things are going to be dropped off. That's why a lot of businesses go under because meetings are not productive. They are just talk shops. If you don't want your meeting to be a talk shop, make sure that the minutes are actionable. So perhaps you have your meeting, this particular meeting done monthly. So you know, management routines would differ. 
there could be daily. So we're not talking about daily. Those are operational, very operational, hands-on. Maybe you run a sales team. Maybe you are the sales manager and all your salesmen will come. For you, your method will be very different. Just go and get a blackboard. Draw a blackboard. Those days in Coca-Cola in the plant. I don't know if they're still doing this, but you'll see it at the Coke plant. They'll have a blackboard in the sales room. In that room, they have the target for the month. You have every salesman listed and you have their targets written there for the day, for the week, for the month, and it's been updated daily. At the end of the week, you know who is doing what and who is not performing. It is there. That is the World Cup itself. That is to manage a daily operation. Very different from moving it into a weekly management routine. That's why I said for the mid midweek, or I beg your pardon, the weekly meetings, you have to do a rack status in the middle, midweek. If your meeting is every two weeks, every fortnight, you take it after the week. If it is every month, then you have you must have a rag status at least at the very minimum. You must have it by the fortnight. Now, if you have this discipline, the chances of people dropping the ball or forgetting what they need to do or the system being galvanized will be eliminated. If not, at least minimized to the barest minimum because you are focusing on execution. But when there is that lax and latitude given and people bring minutes, if there are weekly meetings, they serve those minutes that morning when the meeting is happening or you're having a meeting that day and minutes are circulated, I can guarantee you that 80% of the attendees did not read the minutes. They will get to the meeting and people will start asking the same questions they asked last week. They'll bring the same thoughts to the table like they did last week. Are you making progress or you are killing your business? That's where the death certificate is served. But if it is actionable and the minutes are being followed through properly, you then realize what will happen. That's why I said, if you give the minute-taking job to the chairman of the meeting, you can be guaranteed that this there will be actions taken. But guess what? We don't. The MD does not take notes. He just takes, you know, just takes a black note there, just notes something. Or in some cases, you go to some places, the directors don't come with any notepad. What are you directing? Do you understand that if you truly are a director, Think about an orchestra. The orchestra is manned by one man that stands and he has all the instruments and the people in front of him, from the violinist to the pianist to the who is who. So think about yourself when you're chairing a meeting that you are running an orchestra. You determine what happens because you back the crowd. Every single chairman, every single director, every single manager start taking your minutes, start taking notes. You will be at the front seat. You will put in the right protocol. The business will see benefits because you are on top of your game. But when you allow it to be taken by the most junior person in the team, by the time the poor lad would have written it in one, one of guy will say, no, strike it off. That's not the kind of English. He will definitely impose his own greed into the creed. Every guy will now say, no, 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 no. Don't put it this way. They want to be politically correct. Who suffers? The business. Minutes can bring a death certificate to a business because all the interventions within, 
in the process of drafting, in the process of redrafting, in the process of approval, and even in the process of dissemination, all the characters will put in their own greed item. I call it greed as in G-R-E-E-D. It is about me, my function, and I. But it is not about the ecosystem. It is not about the business. I had a very singular honor and pleasure to uh, be invited by the Panorica team to share with them in their conference early this week. And it was amazing sitting in that room. And it was an amazing, great time. You could see a purposeful team led by a purposeful managing director in the person of Shola. Okay. I was excited. Now, it was a privilege for me to come and share on enterprise mindset. But one thing I found in that place that really stuck with me was a place of leadership. When there is purposeful leadership, everything goes well. So if the teams are going to leave and go back to their various countries, who is following up with who if the leader is not taking charge? That's why I'm saying, Mr. Chairman, Mr. MD, Mr. Director, Mr. Manager, Mr. Whoever is Mr. Supervisor, take the minutes. Take that job off that little boy, that little girl, that little jobber. Take responsibility for it and you'll see what would happen. Because if you take it on, you will produce a handful of real decisions. You will make people sit and be accountable. You will also ensure that people do what they say they will do, not what they would like to do. It's called accountability. The spirit of accountability rests on the individual. The spirit of accountability will always rest on an individual who says, if it has to be, it is up to me. But the responsibility of bringing it to life becomes a process that the whole team comes in. So if a chairman's list of decisions for action must show everything, must show the impetus of responsibility, not just the actions agreed, must show the impetus that responsibility rises with you, accountability comes to you, and gives the room, the people that attended the room, an opportunity to consult. And at the end of the day, they will come back to inform. Distinguished listeners, ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you a very simple model that I applied in the course of my work as a business executive, and I still do, even as a business consultant. And it's called a RACI. RACI here is R-A-C-I. A very simple way that I put in and I adopted very early in my middle management of my career. I would say donkey years ago, probably 20, 25 years. But it has worked for me and I always recommend it to people. What do I mean by RACI? If you are going to look for top decisions that are made, when you come out of a meeting or you come out of a conference, you come out of a major meeting, you need a RACI model, R-A-C-I. What does R stand for? R stands for responsible. A stands for accountable. C stands for consult. 
and I stands for inform. What you do is to draft a table and put in the columns. In the very first column, you put item. The item will be there. The next column, you have accountable. You have the next column, consult, and the next column, inform. You can draw it as I speak. So let's assume the number one item is turnover. Who is responsible for turnover in your organization? You can take the turnover to mean sales. Who is responsible? The person that is responsible for making sure that sales happen in the organization simplistically is who? The sales manager. Who is accountable? Who are we going to hold responsible for that? The sales head or the head of sales. Now, who does the sales manager need to consult with? He needs to consult with the marketing department or marketing, whoever is there, marketing, needs to consult with finance, needs to consult with supply chain or distribution because the products must be set off from the warehouse and it must get to the distributor's store, whatever business model you are taking. That is the person he must consult with and he must then inform who? Management. Management could mean the boss, could mean the MD, could mean the executive director, whoever. So an item like sales or an item like secretarial duties, who is responsible for secretarial duties? Could be the typist, could be the secretary, who is accountable, the company secretariat, who do they consult with, all managers, and who do they inform the board? That is a very simple way of actioning and simplifying the minutes of major meetings that would allow you know who and who to hold responsible and accountable. If that is not done, then the chairman would just be sitting there sharing what is not. But I'm asking friends that as I close this particular edition, minutes can transform from being documents for archives into documents for actions. They are no longer death certificates, please. Describing what has happened and when it's too late, they become birth certificates because they define the start of new things and new actions. And you'll have a better business as a result. And all I'm asking is that everyone that is listening to me and under the sound of my voice to understand that minutes simply record the fact that the minute took place. But please, the decisions that happen thereafter come from bodies that are committed to making it happen. So I hope. This has helped us look at this whole series between meetings and minutes and what needs to happen to make a business prosperous and productive. Thank you so much, friends, for listening. We'll be back same time on Tuesday by the grace of God. Don't forget, this is your business school on radio. As I sign out, yours truly. God bless. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.